Hi, I'm Pastor Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church, and I look forward to delivering this message to you today. Its title is God of Heaven. Today we are talking about day four of creation inside of the book of Genesis, the first chapter of Genesis. And so we're talking about the creation of the sun, the moon, and the stars, and the hope that they inspire. Now the author of Hebrews wrote about all of the saints that had gone before us. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, the author wrote, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. God does not want us to lose heart. God's plan is to give us hope. Satan's agenda is to destroy that hope. In fact, the modern atheist movement would say that life on this planet is just a cosmic accident. Richard Dawkins, famous atheist, he proposes that uh, we are lucky even to be alive, that the odds of your parents finding each other and coming together to produce us is so slim, so unlikely, that it blows your mind. Now, I have to say, from a perspective that does not take God into consideration, he's probably right. But we don't believe in random chance. We believe in providence. When looking up to the night sky, the devil does not want you to see the glory of God. Instead, he wants you to see a colossal mess. Yes, the moon just happens to be just the right distance of way from the planet Earth to benefit life on this planet. The stars just happen to be far enough away, gratefully so, in order not to cause harm to life on this planet. <laughs> now the sun, the sun is something else, because basically the sun is just a giant ticking time bomb. It is a boiling ball of fire that one day will explode and wipe off, wipe out all life on our planet. This is the perspective of people that do not believe in the Creator God. That is not the perspective of the psalmist, of King David, who wrote in Psalm 8, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? Jeremiah 1.3, the prophet writes, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Then Dr. Luke, in Acts chapter 17, takes it even further by recording the words of Paul's Mars Hill sermon. In this sermon, Paul says, From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. The difference 
between a Christian perspective and a godless perspective is as different, dare I say, as night and day. When I consider the fourth day of creation, I see the element of hope baked in to God's creation. This day, upon further reflection, has a much deeper message than what meets the eye. God says in Genesis 1.14, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. Instantly, we see that the lights of the sky, the sun, the moon, and the stars are like a cosmic calendar, not a cosmic accident. I'm convinced that we see hope in the sky. It was no coincidence that the stars were made in the middle of the week. Why not on day one, when the light was created? God created the sun and the stars along with the light instead of waiting a couple of days to put them into place. Why not on day three, when the plants were created, to sustain photosynthesis? God made the sun, the moon, and the stars after the light was created and after the plants. By our eyes, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's not very logical, but according to God's timing, the timing was perfect. It showed that God did not need the sun or the moon or the stars to govern the night and the day. They were put in place to show that something was about to change. Something was about to happen. Up to this point, God had been preparing the earth for his most special creation that would happen in just two more days. I believe the deeper purpose in creating the sun, the moon, and the stars was to inspire and reveal hope of a coming age. When I see the stars, I remember the promise that God made with Abraham. You remember the promise that God made with Abraham when uh, Abraham saw that his wife had been barren for all of these years, and yet God made a promise to him that he would have a child, but then he also gives him this promise. Look up at the sky and count the stars, and if, if indeed you can count them, so shall your offspring be. So those stars in the sky, when you look up, that's like looking at the future fulfillment of the promise that God had given to Abraham. In fact, that fulfillment of the promise can be fulfilled, is, is fulfilled in us, those who belong to the church, as we indeed are the spiritual descendants of our father of the faith, Abraham. Now, as you think about the stars and the moon, I find the moon to be particularly interesting. With its location in space, in combination with its gravitational pull, it actually protects our planet. It is covered in craters, you might notice, uh, and that is because it's constantly being struck by meteors and other sort of space debris, and it acts as a shield for the Earth. This reminds me of Isaiah chapter 53, 5. He was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds 
we are healed. That brings me to talk about the sun. The sun brings us hope. During the daytime, you see no stars in the sky. You don't see the moon in the sky. Just this greater light that we call the sun. It is so bright that it blocks out the light of the stars. The stars become invisible because of how great the light of the sun is. And I believe that this represents the coming age. The hope that we have, eternal life, the heavenly kingdom, a return to our heavenly Father and all of our loved ones in the faith. Revelation 22 verses 3 through 5 tell us, No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever.